Welcome to the 90-second content marketing lesson presented by Print Mail Consultants. Here's your host, Mike Porter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I will risk ridicule and criticism and talk about return on investment for content marketing. Lots of people have suggested methods for computing ROI using all kinds of measurements and metrics. Others have their doubts. Here's my take on it from a perspective of a small business owner that uses content marketing to attract opportunities and helps clients do the same. Business owners, CFOs, and marketing directors naturally want to know if an investment they're considering will pay off. It's a perfectly reasonable question for them to ask. But when implementing a content marketing strategy, incredibly difficult to answer without sounding like you're avoiding accountability. Trust me, I've been in that position a lot. Time is one thing that makes the ROI question hard to answer. My clients are all B2B, and most of them have sales cycles measured in months or years. This makes it tough to connect a content strategy to revenue measured by quarters or fiscal years. Buyer decisions and the actions that influence them can be wide apart. Another hurdle in assigning value to content marketing strategies is companies don't always consider sales performance their main objective. Lead generation is likely, but that may not be the primary focus of a content marketing plan that concentrates on producing benefits like brand awareness or thought leadership. Plus, in content marketing's purest form, content isn't supposed to be selling. The job of the content is to inform, educate, and assist current and potential customers, making them more receptive to sales conversations when customers decide they're ready. Informational content should always offer ways for readers to engage or learn more, but inserting heavy-handed sales pitches decreases content effectiveness. Prospects unready to buy, which are the vast majority of the audience, will stop consuming content that tells too far towards sales copy too often. Even trickier is linking a single element of a content marketing plan to a desired result. Some of my clients have been thrilled when a specific piece of content resulted in measurable sales activity. When a blog post or a newsletter article spurs customers to reach out and inquire about doing business, clients are quick to credit that latest published item. But this is misleading. Though a particular article may have struck a chord with some prospects, I seriously doubt that the piece alone caused them to pick up the phone. The content probably addressed a pain point or opportunity already present in the customer's business. The article just resonated with those prospects at the right time. How this happens is not by accident. It's part of the strategy. But one item alone won't be effective without the others. This connection between different parts of a content marketing strategy is real important to understand. And it's the main thing that makes it so difficult to compute ROI in a traditional manner. The prospects that responded to the latest articles wouldn't have done so if the previously posted content hadn't convinced them my clients knew the industry and were worthy of an inquiry. Without the earlier content, they probably would not have even seen the articles that prompted them to call. As newsletter subscribers, prospects got great content for months before they responded. They must have believed the material was valuable or they would have unsubscribed and never even received the newsletters that eventually prompted them to act. Each of the newsletters or blogs my clients publish and the white papers, ebooks, and case studies they link to contribute to customer actions that may result in a sale. We can measure opens and clicks and downloads, but each customer's path through the content is probably different. We can make some general predictions about the benefits, but it's impossible to forecast the effects of creating and publishing content until you've done it for a while. And this can really frustrate executives used to making those kinds of correlations. 
Okay, I know all that wishy-washy stuff I just said doesn't help to answer the ROI question, but hopefully it helps to explain why formulas and calculations people normally use to determine the worth of an investment are hard to apply to content marketing. So now let's talk about some ways companies can evaluate content marketing effectiveness using metrics. But I warn you, the math is a little fuzzy. A lot depends on the values companies assign to customer actions that can be measured but are not directly tied to sales. A content marketing program reaches and retains customers uninfluenced by traditional ads and promotional content. By looking at metrics such as the origins of website traffic, new mailing list subscribers, and landing page registrations, it may be possible to isolate the activity generated by that informational content. Prospects responding to the informational content but ignoring traditional promotional items represent opportunities companies would have missed had there been no content marketing program in place. Over time, an organization might calculate an approximate value of leads acquired via content marketing and compare them to leads produced through traditional approaches. So that's one way to measure the impact of a content marketing strategy. Content marketing programs can be effective at encouraging prospects to engage by joining mail lists or connecting via social media. Companies can measure content marketing's effect by tracking these metrics before beginning a content marketing campaign. After several months of activity, analyze those numbers again. Success here assumes published content actively promotes social media connections. Each company will have to decide if engaged leads represent higher value in terms of shorter sales process, higher purchase levels, or loyalty. If so, then the difference in value can be credited to that content marketing program. Content marketing elements can affect customer retention as well. This is very difficult to measure, though. Customers can decide not to jump to a competitor simply because their current vendor sends them to a newsletter or publishes articles in a trade magazine. Even if they don't consume the content, customers notice the efforts made by the vendor. There may be no opens or clicks to tally, so I don't know how you'd count the customers who might have canceled but didn't because of published content, but I believe it happens. On the investment side of the ROI question, marketers should consider the compounding effect. Informational content has a longer shelf life than traditional promotional marketing elements, so a publisher's library of usable content builds up over time. A growing collection of content means more opportunities to connect with prospects on a given topic. A mature content library may include repurposed or retargeted versions, making added exposure easier to achieve with little additional investment. If someone is asking you to justify an investment in content marketing, get clear on the objectives. If awareness is the customer's goal, then statistical analysis of metrics like site visits and email opens may fill the bill. For engagement objectives, charting click-throughs, downloads, and shares may be enough. Calculating revenue effects is much tougher and requires some extrapolation. There are thousands of articles written about content marketing ROI. None of them I've read can answer the question without running into some of the same issues I've talked about today. I can tell you it works if you stick with it. I frequently field inquiries from readers, viewers, or listeners attracted by pieces they've seen that prompted them to visit my website or look me up on LinkedIn. Some of those conversations turn into billable work. Others provide access to new audiences via speaking or writing engagements. All of them are new connections that may positively affect my business in the future. I know my deliberate use of content marketing to develop a reputation in my industry over the last few years helps my business. I just can't give you a number. 
Well, that's all I have for today. I hope the topic was useful for you. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for joining us. You can follow Mike on Twitter at PMC Mike or visit www.printmailconsultants.com for more helpful information.